How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake, and I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? It's going swell. Delightful. Oh. Dandy. Peachy. That's a lot of things. I'm out of adjectives. It's uh, hmm. But it's more or less good. It's, are, are you it's well? all right. Yeah. yeah. That's good. How are you doing? I'm doing better. Uh, a lot better than uh, last week's episode. Now, I thought about this actually in the lead up to this because, you know, we open with the whole meta, how are you doing, whatever, what is the state of being well, things like that. Um, but I was thinking like, crap, I was like really sick for the last one and I'm still kind of sick, um, still recovering. Uh, but wow like seven days was i sick for a set no we recorded we recorded on sunday (laughs) like not that much time has passed um from last record to this record uh, but i am doing better i'm glad to hear that (laughs) i'm glad to also hear that yeah Mm -hmm. like you know when you you call somebody like hey how's it going it's just on the phone and you're like you're like hey that's Uh, that's the voice you had you had like the hey voice uh uh-huh I you're like definitely I, pushing. I took the edit and I remember like listening, trying to get the fade for the outro and stuff. And I was just, I was very quiet and like basically on the like the precipice of passing away. At <laughs> 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 the end of the episode, which is pretty funny. Um, and vas- uh, very audibly a lot more nasally, um, which I, I probably still am a little bit. Until I'm completely better, but hey, you're speaking you to somebody for. who's canonically Jewish, so I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. You don't sound Jewish. <laughs> no, I, I don't. don't. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, <laughs> we yeah, we I, were having a conversation on the other Discord the one day, and a friend who I won't name to throw under the uh, bus. It was Tyler. Uh, he said <laughs> something about like, who do you think like the most Jewish person is? And I'm I'm playing like the the card of like pretending to be offended. Like, what do you mean by that? But you could obviously yeah. like attribute some things. Like, I think this is a Jewish thing. Um, yes. Yeah. And I think the argument was: Is Ben Stein the most Jewish person? Because mm. like he's he's prominent. He is Jewish, and like some other things. Um, but then he was like trying to reason with me, like out of like the the fake hole he was in, saying like. Right. Well, would you say that you're the most Jewish person in this discord? <laughs> and it was just like a gotcha. funny back and forth of people like taking sides of an argument that like nobody was actually having, but it's just for shits and giggles. Right. I like that idea that like you, you, you turn it into like, well, no, I mean the core traits of being a Jewish person are outgoing and like all these other things. And you're like, and that's best exemplified by this person who is clearly <laughs> not Jewish in the discord. Yeah. Um, it's it's whatever the reverse of the uh the no true scotsman um what is it a logical fallacy is um i just got like i've heard the phrase but i don't not sorry gonna bell for me so again i put myself in this position as someone who is still a little bit congested and maybe doesn't have the best comprehension of reality but um so the no true, no true Scotsman logical fallacy, I believe, is if you say like, um, well, I mean, so one of our guys would never do 
something like that. I mean, if if he was a good American and he oh. would polish his rifle, he would have right, his, right, right. His, uh, his flag up. No American would do something like that. Therefore, he can't be an American, right? Like um, kind of disqualifying someone based off of one of their uh, attributes. Yeah, I, this is why I hate talking to people. Because, mm-hmm. like, they'll do shit like that. And, like, I don't know how to tell you that you're dumb in a way that you would understand, you know? It's just, you kind of yeah. just can be like, okay, yep, mm-hmm. Cool. Just got to let yeah. those people go. It's also called, I had to look this one up. So, I had to take my first guess without actually Googling it or, okay. or looking it up. Now I have. It's also called an appeal to purity. You're basically saying, like, no, no, our group is, it doesn't have these traits. So, that that can't be part of us. We wouldn't do something like that. So I hate to always like tie things back to Christianity, but it's like such like a fun <laughs> topic to bring up uh-huh. um, because there's this whole thing of like when I was going through like a, a questioning period, I'm like, I don't want to be a part of this, yada, yada, yada. Um, there is the like if you've accepted Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior type thing, which even saying now sounds fucking mental. Um like, how could you not be, like, good for the rest of your life, right? And right. essentially, they were inciting, I wouldn't say doubt, but something to that argument of, like, well, if you didn't, maybe you didn't truly believe then, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know what you're talking about. So, uh-huh. it's kind of like that disqualifying, Ooh. like, <laughs> yeah. if it does, if it's not, like, actively showing, like, oh, maybe that was never a thing, right? But it's, it's very much uh-huh. an individual experience, and that's a th- shitty thing to say in general, regardless Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, that is an example of that coming up in conversation. That specific one, and it might be an example we mentioned before. The specific example I can think of this is like someone who is praying for healing and doesn't receive it. Oh, in a dude. group of people that believe in divine healing, that is a problem because it can lead to all of this doubt. Like, well, I mean, maybe you just weren't as good as you thought you were. That is actually a great example of the uh, no true scotsman policy uh, fallacy um <clears throat> so yeah it's it's fun yeah i'm glad i don't talk to as many shitty people now <laughs> it does help it helps mental health physical health um helps to listen to the music by health um all of that helps but at the same time, I feel like I need, I don't want to say a whipping boy, but like mm, a boy to whip. Yeah. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I have all these whips. I have no boys. <laughs> right. But like, I miss having those conversations to a degree. Like we had oh. a, a previous coworker who was a, I would say a devout Christian. And it was fun, honestly, just like engaging with him in conversation. Like we both respected each other's opinions. We weren't trying to like shit on each other, mm-hmm. but I'm like, logically for how i think i don't understand your belief system can you explain it to me like we talked over some stuff and it was honestly cool to get his point of view even though it was i knew exactly what it was because i grew up with it Uh um but it was cool to see it in a different light being on the other side of it yeah I, I, I can empathize with that entirely. The first time or the last time I had more of a religious conversation with a stranger, I actually recall this because I had this sort of like, uh, it, it was just very memorable. I was boarding an airplane or getting ready to board an airplane 
and somehow struck up conversation with some guy. And, uh, yeah, he was just like very obviously Christian and we get, we got to talking about theology a little bit. And I had a moment in the conversation where I realized like, wait, am I just talking about religion in public with a stranger? And I like look around for a second. I was like, okay, yeah, that is what is happening. <laughs> um, and I mean, we obviously had different seats and, you know, stop the conversation or whatever but and that was that was kind of the end of it but it was it's it is refreshing to engage with someone who is where you were at in a way or it, it's almost kind of like looking at your looking at your past or uh alternate world line for yourself almost mm-hmm. way like if i continued to believe maybe i would be where you were at right now now I kind of just I'm just like oh that's like a picture of me when I was younger, but not like in a not like in a belittling way, right? This is a separate person. They have their own beliefs. There's no reason to say like it's less important. They're less important than you or whatever. Um, but it's more like you're on the outside looking in. Yeah. Everything we say here is obviously with peace and love. Christianity is a cult, but I mean, do with that what you will. So, <laughs> yeah. But peace and love, yes. Peace and love. Yeah, I'm not. I don't. I, mm, uh-huh. I'm trying really hard not to like derail to like uh-huh. fully describe my belief system and why it is what it is. It's been talked about. We can move on. It's fine. It's all right. We have we have one episode every month where we do a deep dive on our religious backgrounds <laughs> it's uh it's pretty common um but yeah just we can... every sunday my parents would take me to the herd tree and Ooh. it's just that's just what we did it wasn't weird yeah um, they t-posed <laughs> complete order <laughs> <laughs> yeah the fact that that's the animation also by the way just the best like one of the primary animations is half a T pose. Mm-hmm. The other primary animation is the other half a T pose. And then the complete animation is a full T pose. The full animation was actually really hard because with the rigging, um, the, the arms actually just moved uh, with each other at a 90 degree angle. Mm-hmm. So that's where you got yeah. praise the sun still at the 90 that's degrees. True. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They just had like a, a, an off by one half, I guess, error. Cause I think mm-hmm. that would be what? 45. 45 or 30, something like that, if you raise your arms. Can't remember exactly. Uh, someone do the math on Solaire. If it's keeping in line with my <laughs> joke, it would be 45, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On either um, side. Exactly. Now that we've described enough geometric shapes to lose the entire audience and move them away from the religion chat for a bit, uh, there's some stuff that happened in gaming in February, which is actually what this episode's about. Haha. <laughs> got you <laughs> you thought it was a religion one but it's not um but it will probably be enough so to put it in the description at least um if not the title that'd be funny anything fun happened in february in gaming for you that you would like to discuss or at least pretend that it applies to you and <laughs> engage with the content <laughs> in such a way i mean everything's the second um because a lot of these things i'm either actively watching to that either just came out very recently at time of recording and I want to get more feedback on uh, from the community or it hasn't come out yet or I just don't give a fuck. Uh, So I'd say it's probably like an even third on each of these. Mm -hmm. But I mean, honestly, the most recent one that I was kind of actively following was Atomic Heart. Yeah. 
Big one. I know we've talked about that quite a bit as far as that looks interesting. That looks like Bioshock. I wonder what they're going to do with it. I sure certainly haven't seen too much in the uh, trailers and whatnot. Yeah. I don't yeah. think it's doing too hot. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 not. I, I, so I posted on Discord that it was kind of getting hit and in reviews, and maybe that's like too much of uh, a, a take. It's not doing great, right? Like Open Credit currently has it at seventy four, which is a fair. But I mean, I think we talked about this a little bit in the past with our discussion of review scores. When you see a seventy four, yes, that represents a game that is good, like literally that represents good or fair, but so many games come out that are worth playing and are good or great or excellent or maybe support superb, like a good score is kind of bad. Like it's kind of bad, right? Um, by just comparison of what we could be spending our time with. Um, so you'd call Atomic Heart an LA5? In LA5, I don't know what that is, so I wouldn't say I would say that. <laughs> so, I guess the the running thing is, it's not uncommon for people to like rate somebody's attractiveness on a scale of one to ten. Ah, okay. So yeah, maybe yeah. in like your rural area, you're like one of the hottest people in town, but mm. if you go to LA, you're in LA5. Ah, I see what you're saying. You're, yeah. you're not if the everyone top of the food chain body. there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean that's that that's what at least what the reviews are, are are kind of saying there, but it's polarized is probably the other way to put it. Um, there's a lot of people who are playing the game and having fun with it, and there are a lot of people who say some of these core things it's missing are the reasons that I'm giving it a negative review. Um, and so like the the ones I recall from the reviews I had seen, just real quick off the top of my head. The things against it were kind of like the lack of engagement in the open world gameplay, the um, fixed FOV, which is kind of big for me. I don't really like that sort of like I'm playing a console shooter and I can't see to the sides at all thing. Like I normally dang near max out FOV sliders unless it's like ultra kill where it's like it goes to 240 <laughs> where like human perception is 110 <laughs> <laughs> um and uh like uh yeah and and there were some other things like that uh as far as uh some issues with the writing some of the characters the super uh titulating um robot uh crafting station where you make your upgrades. Um, that is just like, it's, I say titillating, but it's supposed to be like the most vulgar thing ever. Um, like incredibly just, this is a sex bot. Like, ah, okay. and that's all of its vocabulary. Um, I mean, that's fine as a gimmick. Yeah. But yeah, a lot mm-hmm. of the trailers I was, I shouldn't say trailers, some actual like snippets of gameplay now on YouTube. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, somebody's doing a playthrough. It seemed to be very AAA. Mm-hmm. And like, I really want to say that like the new Wolfenstein, the first one, not the second one, because I don't think I played that one. Right. Like it was fine for how they did it. But at the same time, it wasn't its strength. Mm. Like I didn't care to talk to NPCs or like have somebody lay down a dialogue. 
or have like my main character do it back and forth and they're like kind of a a quick-witted uh jabby person okay cool right right like we've all seen an action hero movie now and again but it it falls under like too many tropes in my mind for me to be like yeah that's the thing yeah again like part of bioshock's appeal was you're alone you have no inner thoughts no inner monologue you're exploring this place it is spooky yeah you have to figure out what's going on and why so you get immersed and then interested in that because it's interesting versus just laying out everything to people yeah and i think you you described uh wolfenstein and that was i i would contrast like how the wolfenstein reboot sort of handled bj and like eventually his daughters and the whole wherever that whole series went oh yeah right people don't like to remember (laughs) that that was one i didn't play it either but uh yeah that was not reviewed very well um versus like doom right doom slayer straight back to a silent protagonist uh but they did inject a, a bunch of lore about him for the doom slayer but holy crap, it was all super cool, at least for the first like two games. I don't know. The DLC didn't review as well, but like in either case, it didn't get obstructive. And from the impressions of Atomic Heart that I've heard, this protagonist is very much in the vein of like super like machismo, um, constantly angry, uh, eternally cursed with stupidity, like trope of mm-hmm. shooter protagonist guy um like to the point where if the player is figuring out what's going on in the story it really doesn't matter because protagonist will not until he's slapped like over the face with it um at least that's what i've heard again i haven't played the game so i don't have my impressions there and the counterpoint to all of this is it still has i think very positive reviews on steam a bunch of people like that are playing the game enjoy it and apparently it runs decently on slightly more dated hardware um compared to everything requiring like a 40 series that's uh, positive because obviously like when they show trailers they're showing very high fidelity graphics i was Mm -hmm. like god damn that looks pretty it's not gonna look that pretty on my machine uh but the fact that it can support lower things better than cyberpunk did at least uh is always promising because it did look kind of cool yeah for me personally i mean i could spend more time watching reviews. I could do whatever, but what I'll probably do is I'll, it's probably in the wait for a sale um, thing for me. None of the impressions have said that it's going to be like, it's going to have the draw or the immersion of something like Bioshock um, or really the immersive sim nature of some of the games that I adore, like Prey. So that's kind of enough to, keep it from being a much a must purchase for me right now um do you think that bioshock is the most immersive sim this is a water joke it is a water joke it was it's a water joke yeah i don't actually know what the most immersive sim is though i don't think it would probably be the most fun one because oh dear god no the most fun one is probably Prey, but <laughs> that is just because of my bias. Um, all of the, all of the achievements, base game, Moon Crash, all of it. It's all done. Freaking love it. Glorious. Arcane can do no wrong. 
They did some wrong, actually. It's in the other series, but they did some <laughs> wrong. Um, um, but yeah, uh, uh, that's my thought on Atomic Heart. Is it on your must-buy or uh, something that you're looking to pick up sooner than, than Christmas? It It's one of those, if somebody buys it for me or if it goes on sale for pretty damn cheap, maybe check mm-hmm. it out. Otherwise, yeah. I'm not... Like you said, there's a lot out there. A lot Mm -hmm. of times I just like stare at the wall at the end of the day. Like I'm not actively needing to (laughs) do something. I don't have the brain capacity to be like, oh, let me just play games. I'm just like, I'll just hang out. Yeah. So I don't need it at the moment. But. Big but. uh, Like a a dragon. Ishin Mm -hmm. is probably something that I would pick up sooner than never. uh, Because I'm enjoying those games. Um, I've only recently, very recently got into trying out some of them with Yakuza Like a Dragon. Right. Um, so I do want to see more about this. I actually haven't watched anything about it outside of the initial trailers. Yeah. I will say. That also just came out. A lot about it looks very good. There was one, there's one poison pill. One, one Sekiro suicide pill, uh, hidden amongst the way that they release the game uh that is a very bitter pill for me to swallow because it would kill me um and that is the collector's edition has like a bunch of nice little additions where it's just like hey this is in-game content for blah 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 blah. cool whatever what the crap um but what they don't tell you is that all of that stuff is used once per save so like if you make a save game and redeem all of that content that is only for that save game and you have to buy that to use it in a different save game and it's not really clear if it's like loot box type content type stuff you could get in the game normally or if it's some extra stuff on top of that but it's super bad super super bad and it's not at all clear on the storefront that like the collector's edition content is only for one save slot um the fact that it's not for an account is insane yeah like if you're ever doing anything and getting like pre-order bonuses or what have you which i'd say don't in general but that should be mine i've paid money for it i should permanently own that thing that i paid for not mm-hmm. oh did you want to start a new a new run uh try a different build or something what it's gone insane yes yes like no there's no there's no redeem redeeming factor on that that's just a bad mm-hmm. decision that fucks over your players some of the uh some of the the reason for this is because like um so i'm going to just describe this right like you can buy support it's called like growth support kit upgrade materials kit upgrade materials kit stuff like that that's all there in the about this game thing for the deluxe edition um and it's also just stuff you can buy on the side and so it's almost kind of like loot boxy in a way but it's a single player game and why would you ever want your second save to just not have the stuff that you paid for when you bought the game? It's dumb. It, it's entirely dumb. It just feeds back into the... Uh, it really reminds me of... Um, 
uh, Deus Ex uh, wasn't was it Mankind Divided? I think uh, was the one that had um, Praxis you could buy with U.S. dollars. Yep. Um, and uh, Metal Gear Survives purchasing save slots, like. It's just these have been part of the completed game experience for so long. Why are you trying to introduce this to the single player game? The answer is obvious. It's money and some people will spend money on it, but it's just it's it's like you bought a pizza and like 25 percent of the pizza is already gone. And they're just like, if you spend more money, you can have the other 25 percent of the pizza. (laughs) Right. No. Terrible. Don't do this. It's like buying a pizza without with uh, the crust cut off, mm-hmm. and you just kind of have to like palm it so you don't get cheese everywhere. <laughs> yeah, right. <clears throat> or it's like, but it, like in this particular case, it's like they're treating it like a, it's something that they're throwing in almost, right? Like it's it's a digital del- deluxe edition. This could be the reason you bought the game, but it's like, oh yeah, your first purchase it comes with crust. Follow up purchase? I mean, <laughs> well, you're addicted to crust at this point. You know that we got those <laughs> herbs and spices, right? Like no buttery buttery crust um now that i've said all of that game looks good (laughs) it's uh it's kind of it's not modern though this is kind of back to olden style japan uh style for for a yakuza game or like a dragon as the series will be called in the u.s now feudal Um, but they started trading with other countries so like guns are a thing like simple simple gunpowder shit but no, every time that they've had a game, like they theme it so well, they make it interesting and fun, and then mm. also can layer in as you're now playing and seeing a lot more of like, I think you said you like you'd put down the controller for cutscenes because you're like, oh, it's gonna yeah, be yeah. a bit, yeah, because like they will have exposition out the wazoo, mm-hmm. but they make it good. Like yeah. I've definitely had like sit through some cutscenes and games where I'm like, Jesus fuck, I do not care, and I'm just here. Mm-hmm. until the gameplay happens again and then you actually just walk away you're like let me know I'll yeah know when yeah this is the type of game where it's like oh nice a cutscene. i can i this is my restful period i'll set the controller down you know like pull my knees up and like just sit there like like a, like a, like a good child and uh observe until it's done because they're engaging um and also freaking yakuza zero massive recommendation to to, to everybody including dave um, I still I can't remember I know we talked about it I can't remember if I bought it for you or if I thought I bought it for you and then we looked and I did not <laughs> but one of those things is true <laughs> um, it is in my library so I will assume that you bought it for me <laughs> that's good that's good um, I'll take credit for it at least no I have uh, not played it in four years <laughs> it, it, it still it still holds up it's one of the new ones it's not because this is all part of their like we're in the age of the remake all of this stuff is basically the content that they're revitalizing from the the yakuza series for the western market um to a certain extent i i, I don't know if ishin is the same but like uh yakuza kiwami i think was also a remaster thing okay um, yeah i did not know yeah and it's I, uh, if, if you're playing like one of these, the, a lot of these games, they have some differences, but they have so much core 
content that it feels very much within the same sort of genre and universe, even when it's a JRPG versus a fighting game, which is what Yakuza Zero and uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon are. Yeah. I will say one thing I like that they do is if you look back at old plays, like the the original when people were doing just stage acting, Mm -hmm. it didn't matter who you had fucking play the character. You knew the character by how they looked. Like, mm-hmm. oh, that's the gesture. They're there for comic relief. Oh, this is like the 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 sad main character. Oh, that's the hero, right? Uh-huh. And they carry that over usually with the same characters, but like Majima shows up fucking everywhere. Uh-huh. Um like they will bring some characters back into the series, or because this is a different time period, they will have, oh, that's kind of like so and so. Right. Which is just nice because like you know what to expect at that point. Yeah. I have I have heard that this one has a uh, Majuba equivalent character, if not literally Majuba. I'm not sure. I saw I'm, that. I'm ninety percent. It's just it's just Majuba. It's Majuba. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a time traveler. Um, that's the other reason to play Yakuza Zero is you get the origin story for Majuba, which is pretty great. Um, freaking Goro. Uh, this one, despite despite this, I mean. My takeaway for this is I'm just not going to buy the digital deluxe edition. That's my way of yeah. not interacting with this. Hey, I'm not going to buy pointless consumables that are only good for one slave slot. There you are. <laughs> I don't have to. I don't have to boycott it or do anything else. I'm just not going to make the purchase that you guys are going to be gathering metrics for it and call it a day. So, how do you feel about Sons of the Forest? Sons of the Forest. Um, I, so I'll be honest, I'm kind of in the dark on it. I don't know a whole lot about it. I checked the steam page just to see, uh, whether it was early access or not. And it is, <laughs> I'm going to, so I got an email today cause I had it on my, Oh, it's on my wish list. Uh, please notify me of stuff that's happening with this game. They're like, cool. We'll do that. Mm-hmm. And I got an email. It's like, Hey, uh, since the forest is an early access and it's on steam. I was like, okay, I didn't know it was going to be early access, but thanks for letting me know it's out. Uh-huh. Literally like the same second just afterwards, but like one second. Sons of the Forest is now out of Steam early access. And I'm like, what? Okay, that was a very quick early access period. Uh-huh. And so after work, I check and it is an early access. It, it is, is a $30 access. game versus a full price. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if they talked about any of that with the marketing. I, I didn't think they did. Maybe I, I missed it. Again, this is kind of like more of an indie game and they don't have the type of publicity that some of the other bigger ones would have. But I mean, yeah, they definitely couldn't afford putting that in any of the trailers. Any of that information uh, yeah. in yeah. the, any of the trailers. That's weird. I mean, it's also so I guess should should they or 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 is it bad that they didn't maybe to evaluate that? I think it is bad that they mm-hmm. didn't because for everything that was marketed, you're like, oh, this is a full release game that's coming out at this time. Right. If they said like, hey, we will have release date at this time for early access. Okay, now people know mm-hmm. versus everybody assuming that it's something else and now it's not that. Right. But maybe people were happy to get in on the cutting floor a little bit early, now realizing it's a cutting room floor. Um, and having it be a cheaper buy-in, at least at thirty dollars versus sixty or seventy, right? Yeah, I don't remember what the, I don't recall what the retail for 
the forest was back then. I don't think it ever got higher than 40, 40 tops, 40 yeah. tops. Um, I just asked the question for content. I agree. Or <laughs> if you have a release date, people should expect that's that that's not a release into a beta, which is basically what early dinners at six. Is. Oh, awesome. Uh-huh. What are these fucking? It's only appetizers. Was, yeah. Well, yeah, the, uh, it's still in the oven for like another three hours. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't know about secondary. Um, yeah, it's it, so. Here's here's the thing. The first forest game was in early access for a long time, and it made a lot of progress in all of that time. And we played that game. I think both of us enjoyed it. We brought in some friends. They didn't enjoy it as much. And that's okay. <laughs> but, uh, like, I thought that once all of that was done, that the lessons they were learning in early access and the money they were making from the sale- sales of the game was going to lead them into a closed development for an extended period of time, leading to a full game release that you could just pick up and play. Instead, they're basically doing the same, like you can read their early access rationale there on the Steam page, and it's the same thing. We were so successful. We got so much feedback on the first game's development. We want that same type of organic growth cycle here for the second game. And it's like, but no, you could have launched into early access at any point. 100% And then just been like, it's not a full shadow drop if you launch a beta for your game. It's not like this is Hi-Fi Rush. Like there were tra- there were trailers like two years ago. Grant, it was just a cinematic teaser. Yeah. But I was, oh, okay. I'm on board. I'm interested. Mm-hmm. Enjoyed the first game. Excited to see where this goes. And then for everything else, they're like, here's gameplay. Here's some stuff. Here's yada yada. And I was like, okay. Like, don't show me like a 20 minute thing of a guy talking in like a very mellow voice just explaining mechanics of the game and then later be like it's really access yeah yeah. i thought you knew what you were doing why do you want me to tell you now yeah right and i i think the most generous interpretation i could give this is this is the point for the game where they think that it's worth playing it's in a state where it's worth playing and they have a lot of future plans for it but I don't have that information, right? As the consumer, I just see early access game. That comes with a lot of baggage. Maybe I should just wait a bit and see how the reviews pan out. So far, it looks like it's very positive. People are enjoying it. But people also give early access games a little, a lot more leeway than they would other games, right? Because every little flaw that comes up is... This is something that is because the game is in beta, it'll be fixed. So have you ever um, have you ever talked to somebody <laughs> who says like I'm I'm just an asshole? And oh, then yeah, yeah. you like yeah. see them doing asshole behavior and they're like, Well, you know, I told you up front what I'm about, you know. I just uh-huh. I don't follow the rules, man. I I call uh-huh. people whatever I want, man. It's whatever. Uh-huh. And like, no, you're just walking. a shitty person. I hate <laughs> Hey, is <laughs> was that close? Is that a close impression? It was between him and like Fonzie, but yeah, <laughs> I gotta work on that. Um, but yeah, it's why? Why would you? It's just misleading. Yeah. That all being said, I'm not massively hurt by this. This is another thing where it's like I keep an eye on it. Where I might have picked it up immediately. Well, now I'll just maybe pick it up later. I just don't really, I don't have that 
survival crafty like Itch. need bar filled to 100% yeah. where it's like the sim will die if they do not consume can consume survival crafting content and if that happens then maybe I'll I'll opt into the early access version of this game um or I'll just go back to a different game <laughs> I have a lot yeah, of survival crafting there's so much yeah. so much never be grounded yeah. And that one did yeah. have a full release. That did have a full release. It's not a February thing, but just at some point, like I, I could see going back to it and playing with that same group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't even own it. I just played it for the free weekend. So I was going <laughs> to have to buy it when it's on sale. Um, Hogwarts Legacy came out. That's kind of a, a big one. That is a big one. Um. All right, next game. No, I'm just kidding. Nice. <laughs> so I have this one tagged with controversy because I wanted to at least mention it. I um, like how for each of these games, like what came out? Here's something about it you might not have known. It's just... <laughs> what, are the, what are the mechanics like? Yeah. Well, I mean, Hogwarts. So as a game, this is an open world Harry Potter game where you fight against goblins and you learn the three unforgivable curses, apparently, over the course of the gameplay. So I don't know why that's the case. People, there's actually was an article, I think on Kotaku. That's like, it was either, maybe it was PC gamer. It's just like, gee, Hogwarts legacy sure is violent, (laughs) but there's, there, there is a lot of that. I mean, I'm fine with violence or whatever in it. Uh Um, but I mean, from people who I've talked to, they seem to enjoy it. But I mean, a lot of these people are like, Oh, I enjoy Harry Potter. It's cool to now play that as a game and yes. to actually live out the world versus like PS2 Hagrid, mm-hmm. which is like the iconic polygonal big ass motherfucker. Mm-hmm. He is a platform, I think is how yeah. I described him <laughs> <laughs> in Discord. Um, He's actually yeah. the static background. Uh, right. Yeah, I think the, the high level impressions are that as an open world game, it's good as uh, if you're a Harry Potter fan, it's probably great. Um, there is a lot of baggage <laughs> on this one. The The internet is a fire yeah. uh, because, uh, unfortunately, the person who owns the rights to Harry Potter is to the J.K. Rowling, uh, who is very vocal and very obviously against trans rights. <laughs> and so... Uh, yeah. Do, do you want me to summarize for you? She's a yes. con. She's yeah. a con. Well, yeah, it's, um, it's true. But there's, she's a very are... hateful person for <laughs> many different groups of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so the question becomes, do you buy the game to possibly support her or support her ideas? Right. I don't give a fuck. I truly don't. Mm. Um, I'm not saying these aren't issues you shouldn't care about. I'm saying that like, if somebody has a shitty view, like, Perfect example. I love the movie Jungle Book growing up. The mm-hmm. music's great. That's pretty much it. Um, <laughs> I mean, the animation's good too. Like I, I appreciate some of the old Disney. Um, mm-hmm. But Rudyard Ki- Kipling is a known racist. Right. Okay, fuck him. I'm going to mm-hmm. watch the movie though, right? Like, right. I don't want to have his shitty behavior soil everything else. Mm-hmm. In the same way, like if you're enjoying this game... I'm not going to judge you for it because J.K. Rowling's associated with it. Mm. Eh, some people just want to play a game, right? They want to like be 
girlfriend reviews put it best when they had that diagram of like all of these different uh companies and then who owns those companies and who owns those companies right yeah it's like how do you people have done shitty things right so i don't think you're always tying your boat to something just by spending money i think that's i think that's a fair take i mean the the counter argument is just because you can't do everything doesn't mean you should do nothing and if something is important to you then you know i think that it's still it can still be helpful for the individual to follow their moral compass about their purchasing decisions um as long as i i don't want to even add this qualifier of as long as it's you know not interfering with others behaviors because sometimes you do need to interfere with others behaviors sometimes other behaviors are the problem other people's yeah. behavior isn't uh, their you know um rejection of acceptance and things like that are the problem but um for the most part i i, I think i agree at the most like it, it's a video game and like if people it's like if the words per minute could be that reddit had created <laughs> over this whole thing uh specifically um which is versus the patriarchy subreddit and uh gaming circle jerk subreddit are the two i know like really got involved with it um if that energy could have been funded funded into like fundraising for trans people it would have been massively world changing compared to just like a whole lot of bluster about a game that's ultimately going to be very commercially successful. Um, and it does also doesn't help to necessarily, I, I don't want to use the term like overreact, but put an irrational amount of weight to what a purchase would do. Right. Like JK, JK Rowling will see a portion of it. Um, but there was a comment on the internet I read that was like, if you buy this game, just know that you're funding like you're killing trans people you're this is one one thousandth of a trans person basically and i'm like this is absolutely the wrong take right yeah like she she can have bad takes for as long as she wants and by the way she's made of money if she could just like you know like be like hey we're gonna just populate town square with guillotines and all the trans people like if you could make that a law and that's what she wanted to do and that's, you know, what she had the financial capability to do. She would just, you know, do it, right? Um, so it's not like it is that cut and dry. For some people, this is just a video game. And there are a lot of other people involved in it, right? Like maybe you don't want to support it because you want your voice to just be, I am against anything she does. And that's that's fine. Like, good on you. Um Maybe you know someone who is involved in the making of the game and you want them to see success. And that's, you know, well, fine. Good on you, right? Like, it's not that these are... It's not all or nothing. It's not black and white. People can have different rationales for why they make decisions in life. Yeah. Like, we have two friends. One friend got the game. Another friend did not get the game. Mm -hmm. And they had the reasons in both cases. I agree with both of them because, again, I don't give a shit. It's do what you think makes sense. But, yeah, mm. to what you said, I think it is more constructive to spend your time doing something positive 
for a community versus just saying, don't buy this one thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. The thing's going to get bought. So maybe do something else. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like you want to donate to the Trevor project? Absolutely do so. I know uh, like my wife did. Um, I would recommend people to consider it. Um, That's going to have a much more positive impact on the world. And and this is kind of, this is kind of the direction I'm sort of coming from here. Negative force or like aggressive force against something sometimes is necessary, but when positive, it's really good if the swell behind that can be filled with a reinforcing of some kind. And I'm using like really hippie words, which I don't really like. So I'm going to replace those with capitalist terms. If you're exerting your energy against something, that, and oftentimes it's necessary, but are you hurting people in the long term at the end of the day or individuals, even in the case of the streamers and people like that who may be harassed? And is the outcome of that worth it, right? In the religious terms, what fruit does it bear? To go back to the beginning of the episode. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. Preach. Yeah, and maybe if you want like a more holistic karmic balance meter, you also, you know, donate some of your time, donate some of your money uh, to the individuals who who need that support in either your local community or maybe nationwide. Um, There's other ways that there are people who, if you're invested in this, if this is something that you want to pursue aggressively, then find ways to be productive about it as well as tearing down the opposition. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to rephrase that. It's correct. That was a little bit more impassioned than I intended, but you know what? I, I had a warm up talk, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to thank my wife. And Jake hates <laughs> trans people. Weirdly <laughs> oh, enough, no. So. oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. Not true. That would be that would be a really hot take, though. I'm just like, hey, you know, consider donating to the Treasure Trevor Project. And it's just like, it's just closet, the most bigoted person. Yeah, probably not. But no, uh, everybody is multifaceted. So. Mm-hmm. Don't one don't be a shit to other people, flat out. Like if people want to play the game because they enjoyed Harry Potter because it was a part of their childhood, let them do it. If you want to have a discussion with them about something important, by all means do so. But don't put your beliefs in somebody else's brain for the sake of like you have to do the thing that I'm doing because I think that this is right. And if you don't do that, you're wrong. Right. That that doesn't benefit anybody. Have a fucking conversation if you want to try and convert somebody to your belief system and your own actions. Right. Yeah. I think that's a pretty fair take. And as I think we've mentioned before, the only thing that you can be uh, tolerance of things except intolerance, right? That's that's, that's the one secret kind of like, haha, this is how fascism gets in sort of thing um, or how people get discriminated against and minorities and things like that is you can't tolerate um, anti like people who will not tolerate others. <laughs> Basically, that's the one thing you gotta you gotta exclude. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, take a take a step back, breathe, touch grass if you need to consider your interactions with human beings, because most oftentimes, it's it's not a bot, sometimes it is a bot, but that's the internet for you. Um, 
and say like, am I hurting another person here? And is it worth it? And if everyone asked work. that, <laughs> the world would be a better place. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I digress. Uh, there's also a remaster for Metroid <laughs> Prime <laughs> that came out for Switch. This is the only one I have on my list that was um, a Switch game. But uh, I never did the whole GameCube thing outside of in Walmart, I think. <laughs> so uh, I missed uh, I missed the uh, the 3D shooting Metroids, which I'll be honest, and this is a little I'm putting myself out here. I don't care about 2D Metroid at all. <laughs> I just it's it's fine. I guess Preach. it looks fine. Um, I, I I might pick up Dread if it's ever on PC and on sale. <laughs> For five bucks. Okay, for five bucks. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, But like Metroid Prime for the Switch with like improved graphics and controls. And now it's a twin stick shooter instead of being one where you have to like stand stationary in order to aim because it was like that at launch. Like, I don't know. I have in my notes here, uh, I I looked at the IGN review for it. And um, I mean... IGN, you know, take take some salt <laughs> with it, perhaps. But uh, the reviewer was just like, this could be one of the best first-person shooter games of all time. And I'm just like, I don't know. Metroid's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. I didn't grow up with it. I've never really been a Metroid fan. I don't like playing against Samus and Smash particularly. Mm. I like the character design. Uh, I like the music. Um... I know uh, Dice picked this up and was playing. I think he enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a uh, something for me. I'll but let I'm you know. Glad that it's. I mean, people who liked Metroid loved Metroid Prime. Like that was the the biggest game of the series. I think as far as a uh, change of what they were doing, yeah. a new format 3D that games, people fucking loved. Three games are better than two D games. It's it's an extra D. Like it's right there. I'm gonna. You, you don't get to play Silk Song anymore. <laughs> You're out of here. You're done. <laughs> but yeah, it is. Uh, it is huge. Again, it's like what we talked about with uh, Near Replicant, mm-hmm. or I'm trying to think of another Demon Souls. It's nice to have some of these old games that were like revered as these classics that a lot of people missed to have mm-hmm. brought back into the limelight uh, to have people exposed to again and have a chance to play. And also, you know, improve some things while you're there, too. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was a a Kirby game that came out. Uh, it's, all, it's also on this list, actually. Return to Dreamland Deluxe. And I spent more time watching, like, I, I don't know why I read, like, a comparison about what was changed in this. Because I don't really play Kirby games. We talk about Crystal Shards, and I use it for all of the intros and outros. But, um, like, Nintendo actually added a lot. They added, like... They added like two new power ups and then just didn't really mention them. And they added like new levels and like a post game and this kind of like, I don't know if it's a roguelike mode or it's just you play as a different character afterwards with different non Kirby abilities and stuff. And it's like all of this crap was added on top of it. And it's like, this is much better than a graphical bump re release, right? We is it a re release of Superstar? Uh, it's, it's, kirby's dreamland oh like and then 
Kirby's Older Return to Dreamland <laughs> was the remake of that. And this is the uh, Return to Dreamland Deluxe. So this is the third oh, yeah. iteration of that Return uh, Kirby's Dreamland. Is Dreamland the first or second game? I know it was very early. Yeah, it's. I couldn't tell you, but it is incredible. Game Boy, early. not even color yet. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really old. Uh, but I like it. It's again. This is. These are the, the better examples in our. Uh, we're in the uh, the the remaster or remake age of gaming right now. I'm real excited about it. Yeah, me too. Eternal uh, <laughs> is uh, coming to PC. Yeah, it's. I think it's out now. I believe. But now it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this was, uh, I think, what PlayStation exclusive previously. I think five or four and five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I think it was five. Mm. Somebody will fact check that for us. Yeah, we're, but, it was some sort of console. It's impossible to know. Supposed to be a third-person shooter, bullet hell, like yeah. Returnal, but a lot more bullet hell and roguelike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one was like it's on the list. I don't want to talk a ton about it because I don't have too much to say. Um, but I mean, console gamers are just deprived of good games all the time, and this one was apparently pretty decent. So they're like, "It's freaking great!" And then it'll come out on PC, and they'll be like, "It's okay." It's good. <laughs> PC gamer, push up our glasses. <laughs> One day you'll learn. Yeah, right. Um, but no, it was it was it was supposed to be pretty good. Um, and I am all for, you know, eventually getting those games that came out on console to also come out on PC. You know, good ports, not just useless, terrible, unoptimized. You have to play it with the controller anyways. Ports. Um, and someday Bloodborne. Please just <laughs> give me one more. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't have anything else for Returnal, though. No, I didn't play it, didn't hear too much about it, outside of some mm-hmm. generally positive things. Yeah. I have, I have like, a couple here that I wanted to mention just for individual traits about it. Um, it's kind of, like, basically fodder for a talking point that has nothing to do with the game. Um, one of those is Wild Hearts, which I've seen some friends playing uh, recently. It's kind of like a Monster Hunter-esque game, but it has building. Not like in a Fortnite way, but it does kind of look like Fortnite when you're actually watching footage of the game for the way it works. It's like put down a structure that you can then like vault on top of and like jump up for like a smash attack or build a wall that the monster will hit or a giant hammer that hits the monster and stuff like that. Um, but they're trying to get some optimizations in there, which is good because Monster Hunter has like a thousand releases and they've changed two things about it before Monster Hunter World. And they've changed two things since Monster Hunter World. So like... Well, they made the graphics worse, I heard. They did. Because <laughs> they, they, they went back to Switch. Um, but I mean, it is primarily a handhold uh handhold series um i saw when i looked at it it was mixed on steam but the the talking point i wanted to jump off on here now that i've given it full credit was uh it's a 70 dollar game and what are people doing what are people doing dave 
the thing is somebody just has to do it and people have to accept it and then other people will start to follow suit mm-hmm. and they'll make whatever justification of like economy and mm-hmm. i'm like no um i think it's mainly ea right now ea maybe maybe there's another publisher who's kind of doing a little bit more but they're trying to push their games up to the 70 dollar mark then you have to make a fucking 70 dollar game my guy Oof, yeah. a lot of these things you're just not mm-hmm. like again it's like a lot of things can be good but we need them to be great one is just i want good things i want to experience good things at a higher quality Right. Because I value my time, even though sometimes I just stare at the wall. Yeah. Um, but just making a AAA game that like you have the budget for, but like not making it good does not make it worth more money. Yeah. It's gotta be about fifteen percent better. Right. So that's fifteen fifteen points higher on Metacritic. That's not how that works. But <laughs> um Yeah, I I have heard the argument about why it's changing. And that's because like accounted for inflation when games were like $50 to now, if we kept the price equal with inflation games would be like, I think it's 86 bucks. Um, but counter argument, here's my argument. I'm going to pretend to be an economist for a moment. Uh, the gaming industry has literally never been bigger than it is right now, right? When people were selling that $50 game, they're like, I hope my two friends can be scammed by uh, ET for the NES or whatever. Like, uh, that that is what gaming was back then. You're like, I hold, I, we sold 100,000 copies. Right now, that's like, we have to close the studio. And back then, it's like, how did you get every single gamer... <laughs> to buy a copy of your game right because there wasn't as much access to information or the internet or people doing reviews it's just hey do you want this new thing you're like yes i don't want to be left behind uh-huh your camera yeah. but yeah like for how bad games were when games started out uh we should be charging less money for video games now yeah. to match yeah like and and quality quality can could definitely be a consideration. I don't think they'll ever have the introspection or drive to really uh, adjust the price that way. But just by just by quantity of sales, right? Bandwidth is cheap. All of these games are digital or like almost the entirety of their sales will be digital. Like you just are not putting the money into these games that justifies this going up by $10. And if you are, you're spending too much money on these games, right? Make a good game, not an expensive game. <laughs> Those don't have to be the same thing. <laughs> um, I I don't mean that entirely. There are good expensive games out there as well. But yeah, but like one does not equate the other. Yes. And when EA of all companies posts like, you know, however many millions or perhaps billion of dollars in profit you know at the at the end of the year because again gaming is bigger than music and movies combined i think tripled is 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 what i heard like yes it's incredibly big um like yeah you're making bank i don't think you need to charge people a little bit more 
especially when everything else is getting more expensive. That's my argument. I disagree. <laughs> yeah, right. That'll get us the last nine nine seconds to, to our, our our minimum quota for time. Was there anything, any any thing we didn't mention that you think really should be mentioned for the month of February? Um, I don't know when Pizza Tower came out, mm-hmm. but Pizza Tower came out. I keep hearing good things about it, and then Polygon had a video on it today mm-hmm. so it's on my radar i'm curious to check it out this doesn't this game sounds like it's nothing i know that you've literally told me about it but the name continues to make me think that it's nothing like if a game is called pizza tower oh the initial release date was 2018 and i think it's had a lot of revisions since okay well in steam i see it as january 26 this year okay that's then like the official steam release yeah this is a 2d game dave i i don't know how to break it to you okay (laughs) now it does look like it has a lot of character it's kind of got some like ren and stimpy energy i see that yeah well it's based Um, i think it's initially based off of a morio world or warrior land okay gotcha gotcha huh interesting this does look like it's got uh, a whole lot of effort i don't want to say like production value people also ask is pizza tower a real game (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think that might be that might be some of the worst uh, maybe not search engine optimization but like you you don't have to have your game be like uh like call of the void uh breath return edgelord whatever the crap but Pizza Tower also just does nothing for me. That's too far <laughs> in the other direction. It's just like, Fair. oh yeah, multiple pizzas. Okay. <laughs> but I think that this is going to be the indie darling that you'll keep hearing about. Gotcha. Okay. We'll have to have to listen for it. Um, if you pick it up, let me know. It looks like it's 20 bucks on Steam though. And that's, again, indie games. The standard has been $15. We got to stick it 15 No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> we'll uh, we'll see for this one, I guess. Maybe some weekend I'll check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully you guys have had a happy, healthy, and wholesome February. Um, I had like two out of three, but that's okay. I'm feeling getting better now. Um, and if you guys have any thing any news things that uh, you want us to talk about, you know, we're always willing to suggest or accept suggestions in the form of news. Um, we can just talk about whatever as we often do. But you know, if you have something that is very heartfelt and you're like, I, it really bothers me that you didn't cover it about, uh, when, cover it when going through the news for February, man, this whole segment's falling to pieces. Um, send that in. Just send us anything. Soapstonepodcast at gmail.com. Legal. Please keep it legal. Soapstonepodcast at gmail.com. Um, advertisers, no more advertisements please for this month uh we've got enough to vet through uh, but we'll resume later uh, or you can join the discussion at facebook.com slash soapstone podcast and as always we'll see you in the next one as an outro for anybody who's still listening when this episode comes out it is in fact jake's birthday so go wish my happy birthday on facebook
拜。